Good morning, everyone. This is J.B. Hickson with NBW Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message coming to you from my studio beneath the sky, tucked away here under the tall timbers of Colorado, a bright, sunny Wednesday morning, January the 24th. Still a bit cold, but nothing like what we have had. Just a wonderful day. Uh, looking forward to some great things on my calendar today, and uh, always a privilege to serve the Lord and, and wake up. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, that, that Psalm 118, verse 24, that's talking about the second coming. And uh, so every time I say that verse, I'm reminded that, you know, hey, someday the Lord's going to come back and make all things new. But before that happens, we look forward and eagerly await the rapture when he comes to catch up his bride, the church, to meet him uh, in the air. I'm going to be talking about the rapture upcoming in my series at Plum Creek Chapel every Sunday. Uh, we uh, live stream the 10 o'clock service, or if you're in the Denver metro area, come on out and uh, stop in and see us at, at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, a suburb of Denver in the Castle Rock area. Just started teaching through 1 Thessalonians and can't wait to get to chapter 4, where the Bible very clearly uh, teaches us about the doctrine of the rapture. So uh, just thanks for joining us today. We've got, uh, it's Wednesday, of course, so that means World Events Update with Randy. I'll bring him on here in just a second. But a couple of uh, big announcements here. First of all, we are going to be doing a special uh, prophecy night next Tuesday night at Plum Creek Chapel. Uh, you know, many of you that have been following us for a while know we did this for many months. Every Tuesday night, it was kind of a standing thing. What a great time of uh, just uh, dissecting the Word of God and learning about Bible prophecy and answering questions. But uh, we suspended that because of my travel schedule, and we do hope to, to launch that again possibly this summer on a regular basis. But until then, many of you have been asking about it, so we're going to be doing uh, occasional Tuesday nights when my schedule permits. And the first one of those will be next Wednesday, January the 23rd. So if you're in the Denver metro area, come out at 6 o'clock at Plum Creek Chapel. And uh, we will uh, uh, take your questions. I'll just share a word about my thoughts on Bible prophecy and how the stage is being set. We have a little bit of music to start the night, that kind of thing. Uh, but if you're not in the Denver area, we will live stream that. So we will have it posted uh, at the website, and you can uh, join us by live stream at 6 o'clock next Tuesday night. Uh, if you're coming, have your questions handy. If you're not coming, uh, you know, I always hesitate to put out the plea for questions because I'm so backlogged already with hundreds, literally hundreds of questions that I would like to answer. Uh, but uh, if you if you can, you want to text me or email me, I'll try to set those aside and deal with them next uh, Tuesday. But uh, no promises. It just depends on how many we get. But really looking forward to that next Tuesday. Then we hit the road and we'll be down in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana for a conference. Then we come back be back in our home church for a couple of weeks at Plum Creek, and then we hit the road for our big trip as we uh, will be speaking three times down in the southeast over three consecutive weeks, including the uh, Prophecy Watchers Prophecy Summit. I had Mondo Gonzalez on yesterday. I hope you caught that great discussion about the mystery of the Ten Kings, and we also talked about the upcoming conference and some of the speakers that will be there with me in Orlando. Uh, so you can check that out at prophecywatchers.com. It's not too late to sign up. Amando said they are just about sold out of in-person tickets, but what's cool is for 75 bucks, uh, Prophecy Watchers will sell you a live stream ticket that allows you to see every one of the sessions. There's 18 speakers. Uh, I believe there's 18, 16 or 18. 
anyway, and then for the next six months, you can watch them at your leisure. Uh, so you don't have to be in front of your screen at the precise moment when the person is speaking live. So either way, the live stream ticket or the in-person ticket, uh, get them quick uh, because they are going fast. On Monday, we had Dr. Andy Woods on. What a great discussion that was, defending the pre-trib rapture against the uh, pre-wrath rapture view. And uh, he just did a great job, as he always does, of kind of breaking down some of the obvious weaknesses of the view. And uh, so uh, both of those are posted. Monday was Andy Woods, yesterday Mondo Gonzalez. Tomorrow, we've got Lucas Doremus back on after uh, several weeks of absence. Um, and we love Lucas, just such a great man of God. And he's going to be talking about the enticing illusion of quantum computing. Is it really the panacea that the elite think it is? And then on uh, Friday, we've got Brad Maston back on uh, Fort Collins Bible Church. He's going to be talking about Christians and the things of this world. So that will round out uh, the week. As always, uh, check us out at notbyworks.org. Uh, and then uh, the other announcement I wanted to make was we're going to be having our next uh, premier subscriber Zoom session with a mystery guest yet to be determined, but we bring in one of our podcast guests uh, to take questions from our premier subscribers, and that is uh, scheduled for February the 15th on a Thursday night. We'll say more about that as we get closer. But it's just an opportunity to remind you that our Premier subscription comes with a lot of value add, a lot of uh, free content that uh, is not available to the general public. And of course, the, you also get the video versions of our podcasts like the one today. So every day when you listen to the podcast, if you'd like to see the video recording of our discussion, Premier subscribers have access to that uh, on the Premier subscription page. So uh, give it some thought. If you're interested, check it out at notbyworks.org. Uh, it's a small monthly fee, and you can cancel at any time. All right. Well, for our verse for the day, you know, again, it's the uh, it, it's a world events update, and and so we're always talking about uh, you know setting the stage and geopolitical events, military events, all the goings on in the world that seem to be showing us just how out of control things are from man's perspective. But of course, it's all falling uh, together from God's perspective as we uh, eagerly await the return of our Lord. But I was in Psalm 118 uh, early this morning, got up earlier than usual, and uh, that's a great psalm. It's a messianic psalm talking about the return of our Lord. I just quoted verse 24 a moment ago. This is the day the Lord has made, uh, which is talking about the day that Christ comes back uh, to inaugurate the kingdom. But earlier on in that chapter, we read this in verses beginning in verse 5. I called on the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. That concept there of a broad place is meaning basically uh, total freedom to move about without constraint or without fear, kind of exposed yet uh, fearless and confident because God is with you. You know, obviously in the ancient times when you were in battle, you would find uh, places to hide, hide out in the thicket or hide at the top of a mountain or be in a place where you're not vulnerable. But with God on your side, you can go right out into the broad place and, uh, and, be, and, do, and move about freely. He goes on, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. In other words, the Lord is working through other people to help us and protect us and, and provide for us. And therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. 
Boy, what, how often do you think that? You know, everybody has haters. You know, we have haters. Uh, the more uh, we exposure we get out there in social media and in, in the different prophecy world, you know, there's always folks that just feel compelled to make comments and be negative. And, and it's just nice to know that someday, uh, maybe not so much on those who make critical comments on social media, hopefully they're just, you know, have bad taste and they're not not being kind but as far as the real haters of this world you know the real enemies of, of christ and god and all that is good those haters the real serious haters their day's coming and uh, this uh, psalmist says i shall see my desire on those who hate me it is better to trust in the lord than to put confidence in man it is better to trust in the lord than to put confidence in princes so uh, as we talk today with uh, our good friend Randy, Grandpa Randy, remember to put your trust in the Lord. You know, we we there's certainly uh, no sense in putting trust in man. Man's going to let you down. Uh, even longtime friends will let you down. People that you thought were uh, allies will turn out to be enemies. This is a crazy, mixed up, upside down, topsy turvy world where Satan is the prince and the power of the air. Uh, he's the God of this age, and the whole world, the Bible tells us, is under his sway for now. But one day, Christ will come back triumphant and tread the winepress of the wrath of Almighty God, and he will make all things new. So that's where our focus needs to be. That's where our faith needs to be. Yet we don't want to be ignorant and naive and stick our head in the sand. We want to be awake and aware and pay attention to what's coming, lest we get swept up unnecessarily in some of the enemy's uh, uh, tactics. So, uh, Randy, I, I know it's been a week. Uh, great to see you again. Um, thanks for making time for us. And, uh, you know, be gentle with your news today. Be gentle to us. All right. <laughs> well, then we should just go ahead and conclude right now. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Have a nice day. No, that, yeah. I mean, uh, you're always gentle, but you can't help the news. The news is what it is, right? That is exactly right. I don't make it up. I just report it. And I got to tell you what, for anybody that this really freaks out, I want you to understand when I'm looking through this, what it's like, because it gets worse and worse and worse. And you're going, what can I tell them? What should I tell them? Do we want people jumping off the roofs yet? Or, you know, how are we looking at this? Yeah. But anyway, I can honestly say today there is something for everybody. So we'll just start right out. Um, let's go back this summer to the Lahaina fires. I have been looking at this now for what, six months, I believe. Wasn't it in July, I think, when this happened? That's what's all right. Um, I haven't been there, but I've looked at all the information I can. I don't think you had a directed energy weapon or anything like that that caused the damage. What I think, and it really became pressing. Um, very more likely when I'm looking around at the local areas, about a week and a half ago, the city of Colorado Springs had a fire and an explosion. Now, the news company that was reporting it had filmed everything, but the sheriff's office wouldn't let them show the beginning of it. Well, I just happened to find me a piece of that. And let me tell you what, what it was was a balloon with an incendiary device on it. It basically floated in, floated right to where they wanted it to go and ignited the fire. Hmm. There was very little of the balloon or the incendiary device there. And so I'm looking, you know, now Colorado Springs in the last few months has had exploding uh, manhole covers. They've had 
three, I believe, train derailments. So we know something's going on, whether it's gang, um, terrorist, whatever. You know, maybe it's happenstance, who knows. But then I started looking at Lahaina. I looked at all the fires. I looked at how some places right in the middle of a bunch of buildings that weren't burnt, there was one that was. And I started looking around where the fire started, how it migrated, and it would work perfectly if they dropped the balloon right onto that property. Not saying that they selected it on purpose, but if they just let a bunch of them go, let them go wherever they wanted to, it would have started a massive fire, no doubt about it. And that would account for why certain areas are burnt, certain areas are not. Remember, there was a, a very high wind that night. There was some rain, all kinds of stuff. But the more I'm looking around, I don't see any aircraft or any ships that shouldn't have been in the area that are listed. Could be some, of course, it snuck in, but it makes much more sense, especially around Lahaina, when we know that there is a big fight going on between developers and owners. They want to take that area over. They wanted it out of the way so they can increase their holdings, make it a nice resort. And I got to tell you what, after looking at everything that I put together, the incendiary devices on the balloons, they could have let go with 100 of those, 10 of those, or whatever because 911 did not work, mm. all right? People couldn't escape from where they're at. We had a major conflagration of a fire that is not normal. Normally it starts and it moves along at a certain pace in a certain way. Here we had multiple instances of where the fire started. They're not necessarily in the same area. There are some that went back into the mountains. There were some right down by Lahaina. The only thing that makes sense is it that they would use, you could have used a drone. The balloons are much better because they will basically burn up and nothing is left. Mm -hmm. You slip those into the airstream because of the winds. It would travel for a mile, 100 feet, 10 miles, just depending on the air that it caught. But once it hit, they were big enough, at least the one in Colorado Springs was, it easily started a fire and really with wind got things moving. So for right now, after I don't know how many hours I put into this, that is the one that makes the most sense. Now, obviously, this was not a friendly maneuver by somebody. Either somebody wants to land, somebody was um, wanting to do some vandalism, or could have been a foreign entity, who knows. But for right now, that is the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, and let me let me chime in here on the what I've talked about before, the abnormalcy bias, uh, which is a phrase that I've uh, coined to kind of refer to the fact that those of us that study the grand conspiracy, the Luciferian conspiracy, we tend to, to sometimes think everything is connected to that, and every fight and every strange occurrence is always part of the Luciferian agenda. Uh, and that's not always the case. There are bad people out there that just do bad things. And so, as you said, this thing in Lahaina could have just been a localized battle between some pretty powerful elites who want that area for development and the locals who own the property. I mean, it might not, you know, directly tie in to the New World Order agenda. That, that's all I'm saying. It might. And uh, like you said, we, we don't really know. But it's just a helpful reminder that, you know, not every thing that happens is, you know, monolithically connected to the Luciferian agenda where some, you know, Luciferian elite are pulling strings and pushing buttons. Uh, I mean, ultimately in the spiritual realm, all bad things are tied back together to the God of this age. But in terms of advancing their agenda, 
you know, sometimes you have rogue elements of, of, of bad actors who just go in and do things because they're mad at someone else within uh, the conspiracy or within the elite. And uh, that who knows, maybe that's what happened here. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, like I said, I'm not saying that some foreign actor or somebody like that did not do this. I mean, the Chinese are very good with balloons. Let's face it. <laughs> yeah. They could have done it. Uh, somebody could have hired it done. But after watching this one on TV, I'm going the way it just floated in and then all of a sudden went right where it looked like it was being sent. It's a little bit um, telling when you look at Lahaina. They don't find any evidence. They say it wasn't the power system. They're saying, you know, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. Well, then once you compile that information and you really shake it out, there are very few choices left that make any sense at all. Mm. Now, I mean, we can consider everything to be doo-doo-doo-doo, but it's not. <laughs> In that case, I think basically it's a land grab. Looks well, like it to me anyway. I think everything's doo-doo. I mean, well, that's just do, a polite yes. way. That's do, the do. preacher's way of saying it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have much more descriptive terms, but you're right. Okay. For our podcast, that's where we leave it, okay? Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. The BRICS Bank is now issuing bonds, I guess. They have a $28 billion bond offering, and it's going to be in the local currency of whomever buys it. It's going to be offered to many different countries, so you don't need the dollar. Just bring in your own homegrown currency. They'll take that and you can start buying the bonds. Now, if you don't think that is kind of ominous, ominous for the um, United States, think about it again. They're not using dollars, using local currency. They are pushing us out of there. Now, the Chinese are desperate, though, because their, their um, property rights, their um, property values, their... Every, every part of the economy is going to heck. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, the Chinese, they've got too much on their mind. They're not interested in a war. I will tell you right now, when Xi Jinping said a little over a year ago, 18 months, that is what he meant. Hmm. So you will see them moving soon. And as we go through some of this, you'll understand why. But the game is on, and it's only a matter of time. Now, if you're going to be renting some property um, using some property in Israel, they are now adding what they call the Messiah Clause. This basically says on a rental property or an Airbnb or whatever, that if the Messiah returns, you must vacate in 15 days. Hmm. Now, I never heard of that before, and I'm going now, do we mean Jesus Christ? Do we mean somebody else? You know, we knew that they were talking about their own Messiah last summer, interviewing a man, watching him. I haven't followed up on him, but it's pretty interesting that uh, they put that clause in there. Yeah, I mean, if you're a believer, uh, you're going to vacate, whether you like it or not, a lot quicker than 15 seconds. It's going to be in the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says. Uh, That's but right. I think there's a whole group, as I've talked about with uh, folks like Dr. Randall Price and and Tom Hughes and others of, uh, you know, Orthodox Jews who are not believers, they've not believed the gospel, they've not trusted in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation, who think uh, either the Messiah is already here or they have a candidate for the Messiah or they're you know, waiting and watching for the Messiah. So coming from a sort of an unbelieving perspective i could see you know why they might put that in there but it's it's very interesting it just shows that you know a lot from a lot of different angles people are thinking about 
end times apocalyptic type stuff. Yeah, and I mean, if you're talking about the Antichrist, when he makes the covenant, are they going to decide or think at that time that he is the Messiah? I don't know what they're going to think, but it's interesting that clause is in there. Never heard of any such thing before. Now, my favorite gentleman in the world, Mr. Zelensky, is up to his usual shenanigans. Um, in the Ukraine, they have lost about 500 to 600,000 soldiers. Now, the Ukrainian government gives to the widows or surviving children a death benefit, all right? Uh, basically, if their spouse, father, whatever, mother, is killed in the line of action, they get a death benefit. If they are injured in the line of action, they will get a benefit also. Now, for some reason, Ukraine announced the other day that they have 24,000 missing soldiers. Hmm. Now, some of the journalists over there found out where they're putting them. They're in mass graves. Hmm. The identity for those people are taken off. They're put in mass graves, never to be seen again. And the families are being told they were lost in action. We have nowhere, no idea where they are at this time. So they saved paying out the death benefit to 24,000 families. Now, a lot of those families are pushing back, saying, we want to see the bones, we want to see something, because frankly, we don't believe you. And I think that's very wise on their part. But it just goes to show you the how far some of these governments will stoop. There is nothing they don't think of and nothing they won't apply if it helps them. Didn't so, I see something in the news today about a Russian transport plane crashing that had a high number yes. of POWs on it? Yes. Were those Ukrainian POWs, I assume? Those are Ukrainian, and Russians are saying the Ukrainians shot the plane down. Hmm. Now, I don't know who shot them down, but there were 60 or 65 of them on there. Hmm. They are all deceased, and um, you kind of wonder if anybody will get the remains or whatever to the families there. Hmm. Now, I noticed that... Um, the United States dispatched 12 C-17s last night with troops. It's the uh, Rapid Reaction Force out of Fort Bragg. Uh, I saw them take them off, taking off, but I couldn't track them because they turned the transponders off. I don't know if they're going to the Middle East, if they're going to Europe, where they're going, but they are on their way somewhere. All right. Um, I heard this morning from a source that the container ships, the large container ships that you see leaving the United States for at least the next month, most of them will be carrying ammunition, communication, and weapon systems. They will not be carrying any other kinds of products. Mm -hmm. These are being shipped to the war zones, and this way we can resupply in a fairly quick way what we're almost out of and what we're using a lot of. Last night, um, NATO said we're going to spend $1.2 billion on hundreds of thousands of rounds of 155 millimeter shells. So looks to me like they plan on being there for a while. Uh, on another note, the Soviet Union has what is called the perimeter system. And basically what it is, they have sensors around the Russian area, the entire country, that will sense a nuclear detonation. If they sense a detonation, they then attempt to hook up and determine whether the Russian military leadership, president, whatever, are still alive. 
if they are not alive, is this system will launch every nuke in their inventory. Hmm. So they have not initiated that in the last 40 years, but it is up and running now. Uh, part of it is called the dead hand, and the rest is just a perimeter system, but it has the capability to wipe out the world if indeed it does not sense any human there. Britain and Sweden are letting their citizens know that they believe they're going to have to start the draft again. Conscription is on the way. Uh, you know, the Europeans are planning on doing something, although I don't think Putin really wants Europe, the Balkans, any of that area, but they're getting ready for it. So in the next couple of weeks, watch very closely what's going on there because the Russian missiles in Belarus have now had their nuclear warheads installed as well as the missile systems in Kaliningrad. There are 750 nuclear weapons there that uh, since Kaliningrad is basically a little island with no outlet to Russia except the Sawaki um, Milwaukee Road or whatever it's called, um, they could be attacked. They could be surrounded in a hurry. But if they are, they have 750 nukes to let loose before that happens. So things are definitely stepping up. My next question. On October 7th, we saw the carrier groups leave the United States coast headed for Israel. At that time, we had mentioned there were two carrier groups believe it was the Eisenhower and the Ford that left immediately. Two weeks later, the John F. Kennedy left. Had no planes on it, anything like that. But my uh, Navy source says that's normal. They land the aircraft after they leave, and they disperse the aircraft to an airfield before they come into harbor. My question is, I have tracking information. I have a company that tracks the carriers where they're at at all times, the John F. Kennedy cannot be found anywhere. It is not returned to port. It doesn't show listed in any theater, theater of war. My question is, where is the John F. Kennedy? What does it have on it and what is its purpose? Because you don't put a carrier task group out there and it just disappears. From what I've heard, the aliens haven't taken it. They haven't sank them all. So it's out there up to something, but we have no idea what it's up to. And that always makes me a little nervous. It's like, how do you keep 10,000 people quiet so that nobody knows where that's at? And why doesn't anybody ever mention? Hmm. So in the next few weeks, I'm sure it's going to be abundantly clear what it's doing. I have a feeling it's not going to be something we're going to enjoy. Well, maybe a lone gunman used a magic bullet to make it disappear or something. You know, that could be, or... That's happened to know. JFK before. <laughs> you, maybe maybe a bullet sunk all of them, right? Yeah, there you go. You that, know, but, you not know, as likely as Oswald killing Kennedy. Well, you know, and the CIA, maybe they just put the CIA guys on there, went out and dumped it somewhere in the ocean. Who knows, right? Yeah, it's, it's there with MH370. It's out there somewhere with it, yeah. There you go. Probably in Kaliningrad, right? Okay, so the... Uh, the military is really getting active, but we'll go into more detail on them in a minute. Let's talk about Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump, the United States military has already said that if he's elected, they will not allow him to have possession of nuclear weapons. 
They announced that on NBC. You can go back and check it. You can find it on any of a lot of different outlets. Now, my question is, how does the military tell a sitting president what he can do and what he can't do? Right. I always thought the military. Yeah, he's the commander in chief. (laughs) Exactly. So they're already saying they're going to neuter him. I mean, they let Biden have access to nuclear weapons. That scares me far more than it does of Trump had. Yeah. But my uh, my questions are this, okay? If they take away the nuclear weapons, they can say it's because of his abuse to the justice system, the military, or whatever. But are they trying to prevent him from responding to an attack from a foreign adversary? Are they trying to prevent him from enforcing our border? in the southern and northern parts of the country? Um, Do they want us out of NATO, out of the UN? Why would you take that away from the president? Because the president can initiate the system. But there is also stop safeguards that he has to go through. There's a general or a colonel that has to okay that also, and then they can begin the process. So why would you want to just take that away from a gentleman before he even gets started? I mean, as I recall, he was the one that wanted peace with all the countries. He didn't want a war. He didn't start a war. Well, of course, you know, my view is they're all puppets, but I I just think it's all rhetoric. There's no way in any real world that um, officially they can take away from any sitting president you know, that capability. Now we know there's powers that be shadow government, deep state, Luciferian elite, global elite, whatever you want to call them that are out there controlling the highest levels of not only our government, but many others. So, but that's not something they would telegraph on NBC. I think it's mostly rhetoric. It's just, uh, you know, all the Trump haters, they're trying to, you know, uh, satisfy them. Uh, It's funny how divisive Trump is. And I think that's Exactly the idea. You know, I had last week we had Pete Garcia and Alex Newman on and on both of those we talked about Trump and they had some very insightful comments. I love both men. It's funny to see some of the comments after I had Pete Garcia on people trying to, you know, kind of drive a wedge and say that we were, you know, not in agreement. We're in complete agreement. I love Pete. I totally respect his view. Uh, We had a very healthy, awesome discussion. You ought to go back and listen to it. He had some pretty insightful things to say. Same thing with Alex Newman. Uh, But both of us, all three of us, agreed that the goal here is to create, you know, division and to, 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 create sides so that whatever happens in November, uh, no matter who wins, one side's going to be so unhappy that they're going to explode. And that's what the the Luciferian elite have been trying to do forever. I mean, you go back to the turn of the 20th century and, and some of the stuff that I've written about in my books, they wanted to bring down America. And the best way to bring it down is to have people kill each other, you know? So I, I just, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing uh, you know, no matter what they would say on public television, that they could, in any official sense, accomplish that uh, goal of, uh, you know, keeping the nuclear capabilities away from Trump. But I think they want that narrative to be out there just to, it, you know, it's the same thing that when uh, Kamala Harris was on one of the talking head shows recently, I think it was The View, and she just talked about how scared she was, and it just keeps her awake at night if Trump's going to win, and she's just so scared out of her mind. And, you know, I think they're just putting those uh, narratives out there 
to somehow subconsciously make people think, well, Trump must really be bad. He must really be a danger, you know? And uh, obviously people know my uh, fair and balanced view on Trump. I've written about it very extensively, cited sources. I'm not a Trump fan, but I don't think uh, that uh, he's the enemy the way the left thinks he's the enemy, uh, but I don't think he's the answer and the way the right thinks he's the answer. I, I think they're all controlled. Well, I do too. And Kamala Harris, listening to her, it's like her brain is like a BB in a boxcar. Yeah. Bing, 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 <laughs> and, and nothing ever comes out of it, right? Yeah. My last point, and to your point, that I was going to say, I could see them trying to limit his access to the nuclear weapons if they wanted us to absorb a nuclear strike or to prevent him from launching a nuclear strike. So that would play right into the Luciferians' hands if they want to get rid of America. If you cannot make a response, you're going to sit there and take a, a lumpen. Now, I think there's enough discourse in the military. They're not going to let that happen. But we have so many woke generals, admirals, etc. Who knows? I mean, you can't trust them. We don't know that they won't put in a doppelganger. Looks like Trump isn't Trump. We just never know what they're going to do. So it, it does worry me. Now, before anybody gets too excited, there are a couple of things that are going to limit what Trump can do. One is called the Insurrection Act of 1807. And that allows him to basically uh, federalize the National Guard and to send in troops in the event of civil disorder or insurrection only. If he doesn't have those two things present, he cannot activate it. There's also a law called the Posse Comitatus Law of 1878. It limits the military for law enforcement purposes. In other words, things are going to have to get really bad before they enter into the United States and perform any kind of law enforcement. So that's going to limit what Trump can do. Now, since we're letting the illegal aliens wear guns and be police officers, I don't think we're going to need the federal troops. We've already got the people right here that are going to serve that their master and do as they're told so they can keep here, keep here. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, in times of crisis, it's our history. Our, our country has a long history of suspending the constitution. Abraham Lincoln did it during the civil war. So, yep. you know, it's not uncommon when the, the world, as we know, it sort of changes in a major way. It's, it's kind of like at that point, the Constitution goes out the window. It's not like they're going to be holding civil suits against, you know, constitutional rights violations. It's you know, and the people are just trying to survive. They're hiding out, hunkering down, you know. Right. And, and so I think that's why I really believe that something major is going to happen uh, in, in, you know, in the in the foreseeable future, at least according to the Luciferian timeline. I'm going to be talking about that in Orlando, 2025, and the Luciferian timetable. Um, but uh, you know, blueprint for 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 total tyranny. Uh, but I think something major is going to happen to where it, it sort of removes the uh, the defense or the outcry of "Oh, you violated my rights." I mean, let's face it; they're already doing it, right? I mean, there's no question. Right. I've talked right. about this a lot that that the the Bill of Rights has been shredded. Just about every one of our uh, the Ten Amendments has been just sh sh you know shattered. They just do it with impunity. Um, you know uh the the which senator was it i cite him in the book something like the the uh the illegal we do immediately the 
unconstitutional just takes a little longer. I think I'm butchering that quote, but it was something like that. In other words, they don't really care about the Constitution. They really don't. They, no. they, they don't. But on a massive global scale, or at least national scale, I mean, you know, it's going to take something pretty big for them uh, to get away with it. And I think that's what you and I have been warning about for some time. I think it's going to be something. I think it's going to be far greater than what we've ever talked about because I think they pretty much got their act together and they're ready to hammer us. Yeah. Now, Representative Jamal Bauman from New York wants a $14 trillion reparation package for the blacks. Uh, he doesn't know how they're going to be able to finance it, but he would like to see each African-American be paid $333,000 and they can pay it over a couple of years if they want to, but he believes that that would take away a lot of the racial unrest, um, racial problems that we're supposedly going through. And I'm sure he'd be glad to be the one dispersing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> now, I don't know where they get these ideas. Where do you come up with $14 trillion? Are yeah. you going to give it to them in pesos and want them or what? <laughs> you know, it makes no sense. Yeah, and, you know, it, money is not the solution you know uh even if it was justified it's not the solution um yeah i don't know there's just crazy things sometimes i think a lot of these news items i look at the news every day foxnews.com cnn.com and i just look you know at, at the little square boxes below the line and i just kind of see this paid for news that they're they're promoting to to get agendas out there and i think it's like each day there's two or three public figures that they you know, assign a script to and say, hey, we want you to be the one that mentions this. And it's all kind of putting, weaving together a narrative that will kind of keep America sucked into this right-left paradigm and this, you know, we got to get the bad guys and he's the good guy and he's the bad guy. And uh, it's just, it's hard to separate fact from fiction. It's only going to get harder. It is. You know, in Israel, we constantly have the battles back and forth between Hamas, Hezbollah, Israelis, the Houthis, etc. But there are American bases in Syria and Iraq that we've talked about. The other night, the El Sadr, something like that, I can't spell it, pronounce it, whatever, airbase was hit and there were 80 Americans that were injured. 70 of those have traumatic brain injuries and had to be evacuated. Now, I don't know what Biden's doing by putting up with this. But I got to tell you what, I think he's going to either have to withdraw the troops or let's let's get serious about defending these guys. Mm. Um, it's ridiculous. So we let him out there for cannon fodder um, over the weekend. I don't know if this is God telling us something or what, but we had uh, one of the military bases pretty much. And it's in the Marshall Islands, pretty much destroyed by winds and water. They have photos of the water coming through, demolishing buildings going through the doors, sweeping people away. Um, you know, as we mentioned before, there's 25 bases we're trying to rehabilitate to reuse, but this one's going to have a setback mm -hmm. because it just destroyed it. It's amazing how much uh, the hurricane winds and all that water damage it can do, but we were not prepared for that. Mm -hmm. The um, Israelis continue their attack. Hezbollah has basically been increasing on those attacks, Hamas, Israel offered them a two-month treaty or cease in operations if they would return the hostages. Everybody's trying to push Israel into doing this. 
You know, it sounds like a great idea, but the um, commander of the Hamas said yesterday, we're not interested in a truce. We want the complete destruction of Israel. Mm. The fighting will continue. So there's nothing really that Israelis can do. They're being attacked from multiple sides. They have enemies all over the world. Uh, what used to be allies are now becoming their enemies, trying to get them to stop. Uh, Joe Biden has made the mention that he wants a two-state solution, and he wants the hostilities to cease. And he makes it in a threatening way in that if they don't do it, he might just withdraw aid. And that would not surprise me in the least. Mm. Not at all. So, now, some of the top Hamas individuals that have been captured and not killed basically gave two reasons what the Hamas war was about. It was about trying to keep the Israel-Saudi Arabia Treaty from coming to fruition and having peace in the area. And they also said that it was to stop the Israelis from slaughtering and sacrificing the red heifers and beginning the building of the third temple. Hmm. Now, you don't hear that from our news. They don't cover anything like that. They don't say anything. But I have a really good source that was there during the interrogation. And he said, all of them said the same thing. So if you think that Bible prophecy as far as Israel goes is not important, stop and think what they just said. They're looking at a completely different aspect than we are. We're looking at the economies. We're looking at oil. We're looking at this. And they are basically boiling it right down to their religion and what they're afraid is going to happen. Satan knows things are getting close. But once those red heifers are sacrificed and the temple is being built, then he's got a timeline of how much longer he has. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if anybody else has been bringing this out yet. Prophecy Watchers, I believe, talked about it a little bit the other day about the red heifers, but not the other. So it'll be interesting to see if they all come by the same information. All right, moving right along. Okay. If you gentlemen are depressed, if you're sad, if you need to speak to somebody, we now have an answer to your problem. Her name is Lexi Love. She is AI. She is digital. But for a four-minute charge, she will talk to you. She will comfort you. She will tell you all the good things you ever wanted to know. Now, she's only been out a couple months, but she has made $30,000 a month so far, and so far is averaging 20 marriage proposals a month. <laughs> and she's on the screen, and that's all she does. And I'm going, have we really, really slipped that far? Look, I, Randy, I just feel compelled. You know, I, I we really value and love our audience, and we, we want to provide true value for them. And so if you're out there listening and you're lonely and you need someone to tell you what you want to hear, look, I'd be honored to do it for 20,000, not 30,000 a month. So I'm going to see, there you go. I'm just saving you $10,000 a month. Call our 1-800 number, uh, have your credit card handy, and we'll tell you what you want to hear for four minutes. And then you, know, you will only charge you 20,000. How about that? Yeah. And if the lines are busy, it'll roll over to me and I'll do it for 10. Oh, well, then oh. I, I'm going to, I'm afraid I'm going to have to do it for nine. 
So. <laughs> <laughs> who who could imagine stuff like I this? I know it's just what I'm a world. The, the real sad thing is that there are guys that that you know. I mean, does it say how many uh, subscribers that is that that generates thousands? Yeah, it's got to be if it's generating thirty thousand dollars per month of revenue. I mean, it's just sad. I mean, how depressed is this world? That That's why they need Christ. They need hope. They need to know that Christ loves them. He died for them. He paid their penalty and then uh, that he loves them unconditionally. And he, he will simply forgive their sins if they'll trust in him and him alone for it. I mean, it's just uh, what a dark world we live in. If we have this many people falling for that kind of stuff, doesn't it make you wonder about the ones that can't afford it? How many are there? I mean, crying out loud, we're we're in the twi- we're so far past the twilight zone. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, you know, well, I look we, should, at this. we shouldn't be surprised when we see that the best we can do in terms of uh, you know finding statesmen to run for the highest office in our land are you know a reality TV star who made millions in the porn and gambling industry, and a you know a wretched old guy that can't even walk up a flight of stairs and has dementia. I mean, come on, can't we do better than that? I believe in this country. I believe in America. I think there are some great men and women that are godly, have a biblical worldview, uh, that would serve honorably and make wise decisions, surround themselves with wise counselors, not, you know, 67 CFR members like Trump did, uh, or progressive, wild, woke, dress-wearing generals like Biden did. Uh, I just, I, I, It's just depressing when you think about uh, you know, who who we hang our hats on, right? And who who people yeah. get behind. And I get it. Don't don't email me. I understand. But Trump is not Biden, and that's why you like him. I get it. He's not Biden. He's not Obama. I get it. He's not Hillary. I get it. But can't we do better? I mean, when Samuel was looking for a king and he met with Jesse, uh, it wasn't the 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 expected strong, virulent, powerful sons that he paraded before him that that Samuel said that's the one. It was the weak, obscure, unassuming little shepherd boy that became the greatest king in Israel's history. And yet we just we simply keep eating what the mainstream establishment feeds us. Uh, you know, you can have Coke or Pepsi, take your pick, and uh, there's really not much difference between the two. So uh, there's my Trump rant for the day. Uh, let, let the emails fly. Well, the thing is, it's so true. I mean, 324 million people, and we have these bozos for leaders. I mean, really? I mean, only only in a world without hope does stuff like that even yeah. occur. The humans are supposed to be fairly intelligent, but we're letting we're we're going to date a computer. <laughs> you know the um, it makes no sense. Anyway, moving on. All right, the Russians. You can anticipate a full war with them this fall, late fall, early winter. They are massing troops. They are massing ammunition, missiles, and everything. Uh, the Europeans are responding by putting up barriers, and they're making a line between Russia and Finland that resembles the Maginot Line in World War II. They're basically bunkers with weapons in them. problem with the Maginot Line in World War II, all the Germans had to do was paratroop in behind them, and they could take them over because they only face forward. These are much the same. I don't know if they're putting in for show if they forgot what history has told them, but anyway, that's what they're doing. Now, the Admiral uh, Bob Bauer from NATO, a couple of generals and a couple of preppers and a couple of 
um, what are they, senators, I think, are saying, get your supplies now. Get them now. They're going to have interruptions of the food supply. They expect things to get very dire here starting anytime February on. Well, we know Russia is going to be completing their um, attack on the Ukraine. They're going to step it up first of February. They've already said it. They're already doing it. The IAEA is not being granted access to the number six reactor at the Zaporizhia um, nuclear plant. Unfortunately, they can't get on the roofs and they can't access access that. They have no idea what's going on. Could be getting ready to uh, have a nuclear event. Who knows? Our little um, Korean friend has developed, with the help of the Russians, I'm sure, a nuclear uh, torpedo slash drone similar to the Poseidon of the Russians. This thing is huge. This thing could decimate the Navy if they were in port. And the way he's saber-rattling, they're worried that he's planning on attack in the very near future. It may be conventional. It may be nuclear. But he is really the main concern right after Russia as far as an impending mm. attack. <clears throat> All right. In Russia. If you now criticize the military, they seize your property, they seize your home, your car, your bank account, and it's now theirs. You don't get it back again. So don't think something like that could never come to the United States. Uh, we've talked about it before. The Production Act of 1950, uh, Biden's executive order 14067, it's all in place. We get into a big war. They're going to come door to door. They're going to take your medals. They're going to take anything excessive that or they believe to be excessive for you, and it's theirs. Now, you may get it back in 99 years, but there is no guarantee that we're going to be around, of course. Now, when you're, when you're storing your medals and stuff like that, all right, a friend of mine over the weekend had their medals and jewelry and that kind of stuff in a safe. It's a safe that you could pick up and carry. They had it out in their detached garage. Well, I'll let you guess what happened to it over the weekend. Mm. You have to protect mm. this stuff. You have to make sure it's anchored down or where somebody doesn't know it's at. And for crying out loud, don't tell everybody you've got it. Hide it. Hide it like you're going to have to hide your food and everything else here very soon. I mean, let's face it. They go door to door. My stuff was all stolen or lost in a boating accident last summer. I, I, I already know that's gonna happen. And for those that don't think things are getting tough, I went by all the car dealerships in town yesterday. Their entire front row or two are basically 2023 and 2022 models that have been repossessed. There are that many of them that people can't afford. Then you think, well, you know, that's not a big deal. But then I go into a restaurant that I go into every Sunday when I'm here. I look around and I place my order and I notice that there's no bacon this week. There is no kielbasa in with the potatoes this week. Then they don't have Diet Dr. Pepper, which is enough to make me leave, but I didn't. So at the end, I talked to the waitress who is part owner. And she said, things are really bad. 
She said, we did not have enough money to buy the Dr. Pepper. Hmm. That's how close of a margin some of them are moving on. I look around town. The restaurants don't have as many people as they used to. I look at the stores. Everybody's going in there. They buy the necessities. Nothing, nothing else. Hmm. They have their calculators. Getting it down to the penny. My friend at the coin shop, he's got people coming in desperate for money. They will sell it for whatever they can. Mm -hmm. And it's not once a month. It is almost daily. They got to get the money. They've got to make their payments. They're falling behind. So that means their savings are gone. Their credit cards are maxed out. And they're at the end. And this is a small town of 19,000. Think of how this is getting to be in the other bigger cities. Hmm. I think things are getting ready to fall, and the media is not covering it. Our government's not saying anything about it, but it is going to fall like a house of cards very shortly. Yep. I think uh, you know that's why it's important to remember Proverbs 22.3, uh, the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. And uh, you know the, the, the foolish person doesn't and pays the price. And so yeah, I think, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, we just don't know the timetable. We know what they want to accomplish and when they want to accomplish it. But, uh, you know, if they could have, if it was that easy to usher in the new world order, they would have done it already. It's 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 not that easy. And of course, God is holding back. The restrainer is restraining and God's ultimately the final arbiter of the timetable. And uh, But we know that he did tell us uh, to watch for the signs of the times. This isn't, you know, this isn't foolish. This isn't unbiblical. It's decidedly biblical to be paying attention to what's going on in God's great big world and recognizing that it's all heading towards a predetermined, planned, and revealed in Scripture end times that will culminate with Christ's triumphant return to rule and reign and perfect peace and justice with a rod of iron in the coming kingdom. If you don't believe that, you're reading a different Bible. So, uh, it's an exciting time to be alive, isn't it, Randy? It is, but it's getting to be bizarre. Washoe County, Nevada. They had a little county commissioner meeting, and for an opening, they always say a prayer, have a little, you know, saying and stuff. So this time they let a gentleman up there by the name of Jason Miller. He went up and began invoking Satan, praising Satan. And at the end, he said, hail Satan. Mm. and left. Mm. The look on the people in the audience was a pure amazement. Nobody, nobody believes this stuff. But unfortunately, it is widespread. And it's getting to be worse all the time. I mean, they are rubbing God's nose in this stuff going, hey, you don't like it? We don't care. We don't believe. You know, I heard an atheist and a Christian talk the other day. The atheist, you can tell he's hoping that he's right, that there's no heaven or hell. But the thing is, you can't convince them that there's anything else. They are dead set on their ways. And they're all being taken over by AI, by their programming. They're listening to that stuff rather than anything that is of substance. I mean, Facebook, for crying out loud, they let 7,000 companies review your postings. 7,000. Those companies can go ahead and glean any information that they want. Then they can, in turn, sell it to others if they want. Now, you know, okay, that's Facebook. I'm not surprised. But we go to Amazon. Amazon last week 
stated they were going to make programming for faith-based Christians instead of some of the garbage that's out there. Everybody thought that's great. But the next day, they announced that they're going to be televising the Has-Been Hotel. It's an adult-themed, basically, Daughter of Lucifer, Princess of Hell program that's going to get into the occult. And I'm going, so you got to keep everybody happy or what? I mean, they do it with total disregard for everybody. Um, I don't know. You know, it, it gets to the point where you think it's hopeless. And the last thing I really want to go over are the bricks and uh, some of the stuff going on there. All right. The bricks had the original five members. And then they also had, I believe, six more come on at the first of the year. Now they have 40 more that have applied, and there are 14 of them they think will probably get in. Now, that's going to give them an up on what denomination currency, on everything that's going to be taking place. They're they're going to devalue the dollar into nothing just as fast as they can. These additional members will be accepted on October 24th. And our friends, the Russians, are actually hosting that little get-together. So, you know, with Putin being reelected, he hopes, in March, this going on, the Russians have to accelerate things to make it look good. The Chinese have to assist because they're in dire straits, too. The only hopeful point is that Saudi Arabia will jump out. They've started saying, we didn't agree to be in it. We were interested, but we didn't want to join. And they're destroying all of the documents to show they actually signed up for it. Hmm. Now, is that because we're basically saving their bacon in the Middle East right now? We're preventing Yemen from attacking the oil fields Hmm. in Saudi Arabia. There is no doubt about that. The United States pulls out. Saudi Arabia has nothing left. So. If you were wondering if the Psalm 83 war, the Gog Magog wars are coming, sit down, do a little research who's in one, see who's being affected, and it's like a roadmap. The Psalm 83 countries are all in place right now. Yeah. So, by the way, since we've been talking, uh, Fox News has reported uh, that a U.S. destroyer intercepted Houthi missiles that were fired this morning at U.S. owned uh, at a U.S. owned container ship. Uh, so yeah, there's still, there's stuff going on every day. We need to pray for our men and women in the military who are defending our country and fighting, uh, on our behalf. And, um, and then speaking of bricks, so what do you make of, uh, Argentina backing out? Well, you know, I thought their new leader kind of wondered about him. I do believe though, he is a woke Luciferian right out of Davos. I mean, he basically is going along with a lot of that stuff. I had hopes for him. I hoped he was completely different. He was going to really do something. Uh, I don't blame him for getting out of bricks because if China and Russia are going to be the ones leading that, they're going to guide it to whatever benefits them, not everybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting watching them through the next few months. Uh, One other thing, you can now buy nuclear batteries. They are made by Arkin Light. They're only in really small wattages right now, but they want to increase that. And when I'm thinking, what do they cost? And how do you dispose of them? Because they'll have a half-life of a thousand years for crying out loud. That's what we need, more crap to dispose of, right? (laughs) But they will be 
available later in 2024. And don't forget the turbo count cancers. Um, had numerous friends develop tumors that have exploded in a matter of weeks. And the doctors are going, we can't explain that because that's not how it normally happens. So I don't know if it's COVID vaccine related, if it's something else they're dumping into us, but well, plenty, plenty to talk about as far as COVID next week when I get some more information. Well, Randy, uh, as always, some pretty interesting information, several things that I hadn't uh, hadn't thought about or hadn't even heard of. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's 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 interesting how things are uh, playing out. Some of the things we thought by now we would be experiencing, we aren't. Some of the things that we never dreamed we'd be seeing, we're seeing. Um, it just shows you that uh, Satan is the author of chaos and confusion <clears throat> and his Luciferian co-conspirators on earth. Uh, they want to destroy so they can build back better. Um, they are Moving at a pace that, like I said earlier, sometimes is slower than we think. That's that's the whole abnormalcy bias. We tend to think the sky is falling and it's going to hit the ground tomorrow. Um, but uh, make no mistake, the sky is falling. That's what the Bible teaches us. Things are getting worse yes. and worse, 2 Timothy 3.13. They will reach an unprecedented state of chaos uh, you know, after the rapture, but there's no uh, biblical guarantee that we won't already be in some form of a one-world system even prior to the rapture. I encourage folks to listen to my discussion with Mondo Gonzalez yesterday about the mystery of the Ten Kings. Fascinating stuff as you really dive into the scripture and look at the meaning of words and see that this is uh, much more complex than what Bible prophecy teachers have have been inclined to think through the years, because we interpret Scripture through the lens of our uh, cultural setting. And, you know, 60, 70 years ago, in the mid-20th century, when some of the great men of the faith that I followed, and even sat under some of them late in their careers at Dallas Seminary, men like John Walber, J. Dwight Pentecost, Stanley Toussaint, Howard Hendricks, Bob Leitner, all of whom are with the Lord now, uh, you know, they had no way of envisioning the kind of stuff we're dealing with today, AI and um, wokeism and the gender surrender movement and all of this craziness. So, you know, it, it sort of gives uh, a different light on how some of these prophecies in Scripture might be fulfilled. And so uh, that's why we do what we do. That's why we give these world events upstate, updates to kind of uh, cover the gamut of geopolitical things, uh, wars, battles, medicine, uh, behind-the-scenes things, you know, satanic prayers. Can you believe that, Randy? I mean, we're, no. we're, that's not new. We've had examples of this going back decades of, you know, certain woke communities, uh, even before they called it woke, just allowing out of the fairness concept of we get a, a, a Christian preacher to pray before our meeting, we got to allow a Satanist, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's, it's not completely unheard of, but now it's just becoming more and more common. And uh, and by the way, that stuff's serious. That's not just about, you know, some political fight and fodder for some Fox News evening segment. I mean, it's serious stuff when you when you deal with Satan. And when you invoke Satan and his demons, that's serious, serious stuff. And so, boy, uh, the he things are definitely uh, definitely heating up. Well, folks, uh, any, any closing thoughts, Randy? No, I think we pretty much got through today what we needed to. And everybody, go out, take a breath of fresh air, enjoy the last days that we're here, and just be ready to go.
Amen. And stay in the Word, folks. I mean, that's the kind of the balancer for me. It's pretty heavy to be studying and researching this stuff as I'm working on my next book and just talking with folks about different, uh, you know, insights that they have and uh, revealing information that that they've heard and so forth. It can be pretty heavy. Uh, but for me, getting in the Word, it just really uh, kind of regulates my thoughts. And, and that's why Psalm 118 was so encouraging today. I called on the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. We have nothing to fear. We can hold our head high. Uh, we can place ourselves in, you know, anywhere when the Lord is, is at our side. And, and he goes on to say, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So keep trusting the Lord. Uh, keep spreading the good news. Um, you know, keep tuning in. Uh, we've got great guests uh, coming up the rest of this week. On Friday, I've got uh, Brad Maston. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we've got uh, uh, Lucas Doremus. And uh, these men all love the Lord. They, they really uh, value the Bible as the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. But if you're feeling kind of a heaviness and a sense of foreboding about what's happening around us, get in the Word of God. It will it will encourage, it will strengthen. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our past. God bless everyone. Check us out at notbyworks.org, and we will talk again tomorrow.